Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Movies That Whip. I'm here, I'm Gooey, and I'm with my co-host, Adriel. How's it going? That's me. Yeah. I'm Adriel. <laughs> I am the co-host, and it's going awesome. Um, We're getting spooky. I'm feeling... Yeah, it's it's a really I'm so happy it's October. It's finally cold or cool. It's cooling off. Oh, it's, it's cool here, yeah. September was brutal and it's uh it's really cooling off. I just I'm fresh off of going to the Ren Fair. Um not today, but I, mm. I went over the weekend. That looked like fun, yeah. It was a lot of fun. Um it was cold actually. I I was kinda glad that I brought a little sweater and uh could drink my mead. So it oh. was uh yeah, it was a lot of fun. I I I was kind of missing my my Zelda friends, my my other nerd friends. <laughs> I was like, this this would be a fun little outing if we all could go to a Ren fair someday. That would be someday. nice. We also had a very we had a very uh, chilly fall weekend at at the Harvest Market in town, and then we went to there was like a little cemetery tour uh that we could do at our local cemetery and like they took us to like four graves of uh like important people you know from whoa uh, like a like the 1800s or whatever and like they had little people dressed up as them and they kind of told their little story about their life and uh yeah so that was fun that and, is and so spooky. cute. It was very cute. That is cute. so fun. Yeah. <laughs> I I love that it's like spooky but historical. Um, I, that's that's really cute. <laughs> yeah, like they it wasn't like it was it definitely was not Halloween themed. Like none of them were right. like ah I'm dead. It was actually funny. Like <laughs> like w- one of the guys. It was like essentially the founder of the town was mm. one of the guys, and they kind of talked about how he bought all the land and like. Uh, started you know making lots to sell to people and like sectioning off you know you know what i mean anyway it was very like um you know it was nice but it was it was somewhat like clinical in a way and it was funny because someone walked up to him afterwards and they're like and they're like um it was just she was just like curious about more about the guy's life but the way she was talking to him wasn't like so so yeah when did he do she was like so when did you die? <laughs> you know, like, but she was not joking. Awesome. She was just like, that's how you're supposed to talk to this guy. You know, obviously <laughs> he's here. He's ready to t- answer questions about his life. Don't talk about him <laughs> like he's not here. You know, <laughs> <laughs> don't do That's rude. He's right there. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That's a, that's a great fall, fall thing to do. I, I would like to go up to, um, uh, not Terrytown. Tear Which I, it just it just dawned on me that Terrytown, New York is it's the same name as Terrytown in Hyrule. Which is <laughs> like a fall reason... looking area. You've got all the <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Orange there, yeah. Um no, but there's a what's the Sleepy Hollow, obviously. Oh, Sleepy yeah. Hollow is is right next to Terrytown. Well, and I Tarrytown... mean we got a Sleepy Hollow right over here, so you know. You do? There is like the there's like a little town area actually like really close to where moss lives that's called sleepy hollow illinois but it's you know it's not that obviously do do they lean into the into the spookiness there is there is some branding i think that has like a i think i saw something like a headless horseman or something but 
it's oh, not yeah. even it's really not much of a place it's like gotcha. it's just like people live there and it's like called sleepy mm-hmm. hollow but it doesn't really have much you know i gotcha i gotcha anyway i didn't um, mean to cut off your thing about the oh, actual no. place <laughs> no it's just that i want to go there because it's it seems like a good place to go for you know you could take the train up and do a little you know day trip that's like a little bit out of the city and spooky oh yeah um it's hard to it's hard to drive out of of New York City as you can imagine. It's it's pretty brutal. <laughs> but, yeah. Oh no. Yeah. Uh, for sure. Uh, yeah. Didn't, weren't you saying that you had driven in New York and you were like, absolutely not, never again. Uh, I for like uh like a second and I like pulled over and was like, okay, like someone else like has to do this. Like I I'm just like incapable of doing this. <laughs> I refuse. It's not happening. It's not gonna work. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, so it's, it, I just want to go out of town and have a little, uh, have like a nice fall getaway. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, this was probably, I think the first spooky movie of the season. Well, yeah, this is probably the first spooky movie that I've watched, uh, oh, for yeah. this episode. And I'm, I feels like it's been forever since we last recorded and it, it's only been a few weeks, but I'm, <laughs> yeah. just, so, I feel I'm so happy way, to yeah. talk to you. <laughs> this is also what we, we watched this, uh, I believe, over the weekend. Um, mm. And I think, I'm trying to remember now, uh, I'm pretty sure I've watched another horror. Oh, well, we went to, um, have we done this since we recorded? But we went to the Dusk Till Dawn drive-in yes uh, you told me about that thing. yeah so we those were the first um horror movies i saw this year uh which was we did a yeah it was a drive-in all night type thing and we saw four movies um that is that, so sick it was very fun we definitely um well they had through it like got going a little later there was like a technical issue at some point and so like i feel like it pushed it a little back to where like uh, the second one movie they showed, which is like one one of my favorites they were showing, uh, I was kind of mm. nodding off during. And then the last two movies, we were just like really in and out of watching them. But it didn't <laughs> matter. Like I wake up and yeah. see it. Actually, I would say it was like four. It was like a great lineup and everything. Um, but we at least the, the like main one I was like, yes, we're going to watch this together uh, was the first one we got to see, which was uh, the original Child's Play movie. Um, oh, that's which I, good. I love all those movies, but hell yeah, I've been wanting to watch it, the original it, because again, I'm on my Tim Curry kick. Um, yeah, you know, you, you got to set aside time for that actually, because it's a <laughs> yeah. mini series, so it's like uh, it's like uh, two movies basically back to back. Yeah, yeah, and I kind of don't want to really watch it. It's not like I'm scared to watch it alone or something, but it just feels like it'd be more fun to watch with other people um, oh definitely yeah you know because i've never uh i've never seen it and so i would like to mm-hmm. be able to to riff a little bit while i watch it <laughs> yeah i i rewatched that one uh just like i don't know if it was last it was like a, two years ago or something but it was it was fun uh to rewatch yeah. tim curry is awesome uh, tim curry rocks um He's not in this movie though. No, this, no. Th- this this is in the last movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we, enough of Tim Curry. Um, this month, Gooey, you picked the movie, and it's called The Howling. Yes. From 1981. Yes. Um. So not we're not. We're, 
as we discussed in the last episode, we're we're kind of just a stone's throw away from the last movie. Like usually, I feel like mm. we take a harder turn into something different, but this is uh, we're we're in the territory almost, just because we have uh, you know a lot of crossover talent, similar time period and everything. But I think it was very appropriate, and um, yeah, I don't know. It really did kick off for me. Like obviously, I guess. The drive-in was the real kickoff, but this is just like the, oh, we're at home, we're putting on a spooky movie, open up the windows, mm-hmm. let that fall air in. This was a great, a great tone setter. Yes. Oh, it was a, re- it was such a, it, it's a real classic uh, werewolf movie. Yes. Which I had never seen before. Had you seen it before? I've not seen this movie before, no. Um, I, as I've mentioned, I'm a big fan of the director joe dante um but i haven't seen all his movies there which is true of most like most of my favorite directors i just have not seen all of their films but this was like a really big one for him uh so like i you know it was it felt good to kind of like check it off the list you know nice and, nice. and you yeah, hadn't seen i had yeah. never heard of it yeah i'd never heard of it and i um i you know could tell just based purely based on the title <laughs> and yeah, yeah, the yeah. um and the the movie poster which is also sick as hell um that it was a werewolf movie and i was like have i even really like what was the last werewolf thing that i watched i haven't seen um an american werewolf in london although um i did see uh not the same thing but the same actor um was in after hours which was oh, an yes. awesome movie, and I went and saw that um, mm-hmm. at uh, at Alamo, which is one of the theaters near me. Um, That's a sick they, movie experience. It too. was so awesome. After Hours was awesome, but anyway, uh, it made me want to watch an American Werewolf in London because that actor, uh, I'm forgetting what his name was because I didn't know. I didn't uh, know who what's he the was. The, um, the titular uh, American Werewolf. Yeah. The yeah. Whoever is whoever he is. Uh what is that guy's name? I feel bad now too that I I don't know. Uh Hold on. David David Naughton, is that who it was? Yeah. Is it Is it? I think it's isn't it Gri- I thought it was a Griffin. Oh, Griffin Griffin Dunn. That's the guy, right? Is he not yeah. in an American Werewolf in Paris? Yeah. Or in, in London? London? Uh yes no you are correct that is the guy not in not in not I, in Paris I pulled up the <laughs> yeah actually I don't think I've seen really many movies that he's in but um, I haven't really either but yeah. but he's great and I would like to watch an American Werewolf in London yes well um, there's so many connections but... actually between these two movies mm, I don't okay know. yeah okay. um actually I mean maybe we can just get that out of the way <laughs> let's talk about the connections between this movie and American Werewolf in London, um, if if you don't mind, I um, because Please, uh, enlighten me. It's interesting because, like, yeah, werewolf movies. I feel like um, I feel like that's more like I more associated with like kind of like even older like horror films. You had like you know the Wolfman mm. and things like that. And by this point, like they weren't. I like they don't seem as much. Like they would have been as popular, you know. Especially you had like mm-hmm. this was when like like slasher films and stuff like that started to take off, you know. Um, 
So I thought that was kind of interesting, but both of these movies came out the same year. Um, and I th- no I feel like it's one of those like Armageddon deep impact situations. Right, you know? right, right. On, on top of that, though, there was um, alongside them, there is a move, another movie that came out in 1981 called Wolfen, which is a uh, also involves werewolves. It's like a Wolfen, like like I'm I'm out here Wolfen like that. Yes. How is it spelled? <laughs> W-O-L-F-E-N. Yeah. Oh, well, like Wolfen. Yeah, Wolfen. <laughs> Not like, oh, I'm, I'm oh, Wolfing. Oh, I'm Wolfen around, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay, so not that. Okay, Wolfen with an E, okay. Yeah, which is like another, it's actually um, uh, like a, it's like a crime movie. I haven't seen it, but it's like about a cop investigating murders that, you know, it's like, oh, they're werewolves doing it. So they're, um, these Sick. all came out the same year. So there was something in the water, you know, because like they, they were in production like around the same time, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, and then that, I guess, you know, that and I guess so the werewolf then kind of comes back almost into popular culture. At least I think I, I I'm not a I'm not an expert on the uh, history of werewolf. Well, when did um when did Thriller, like the, right, the video yeah, that's Thriller come that's, out? Was that right around the same time? Uh, that's what I was thinking. Like that had to have. I feel like that came from 1982. So yeah. Okay, there's really a werewolf thing going on. Yes, and uh, not only that. So, um, we'll we'll talk about uh, maybe we don't want to talk about it yet. But this the a, a connection we have with Legend. Uh, that we discussed already is the same uh, special effects artist, uh, ah, Rob Botton. Um, so this movie has a very, uh, well, a few memorable, but one in particular, you know, werewolf transformation scene, mm-hmm. um, which I I hadn't often heard discussed um, when I, but I, when I first saw it, what immediately came to mind was, I was like, oh, people always talk about American werewolf in London having this like very memorable werewolf transformation scene. Oh, they came out the same year. I realized that that I thought that was crazy. Um, And then Uh even further, I actually read that the original special effects um, person left this movie to do the special effects on American werewolf in London. Holy shit! Yeah, so there is a he lot. He was getting of... passed around. He was the he's the werewolf guy, and then later the devil guy. <laughs> well, no. So he he left this movie to go do that, and then Rob Botton came in and did the oh. effects on this movie. Yeah. Oh. So we like switched okay. teams, you know. But it's like they both have such memorable. And I actually rewatched it, and it's it's pretty sweet. Not I actually like the one in this movie better. Um, but anyway. I don't know how you could possibly top this one. This one is so fucking sick. But we'll get into that. Yeah, yeah, th- yes. Um, so I think, I think that's for now all the connections I have between those two movies. But th- it is quite the interesting phenomenon, you know. It's so bizarre when movies come out at the same time. I mean that people have written like theses on this, you know. But like mm-hmm. this is, it is so wild when there's something that's sort of like not. I, I, I do wonder because like that is like kind of a lot to have three plus Michael Jackson. Like what was what what uh, what what was going on here? This was like kind of around the time of the 
satanic panic i don't know it's just is a really it seems strange that there's this werewolf uh zeitgeist going on in the early 80s <laughs> there's there's probably someone who has um some in- better take on this i know we, i had no i we're not the experts here yeah and may, maybe i'm wrong maybe werewolf films have persisted but i i do associate those more of like the maybe it's because of like the universal monsters but i kind of think of like that era you know mm-hmm. um both yeah i don't know about um American Werewolf in London, but uh, Wolfing Around um, <laughs> and <laughs> The Howling are also both based on uh, books, which I think is oh, pretty okay. interesting. Um, yeah, but, but I guess um, I guess this movie is it has some resemblance to the book, but um, I believe the story goes that uh, the, it it originally had. They had someone do a, uh, a screenplay, and then when Joe Dante got brought on uh, to direct, he ended up having uh, someone else do a rewrite of it because he, uh, he mm. kind of wanted to change. Well, he changed the tone. He made it a bit more like humorous, like satirical uh, right. in a lot of ways. So I guess, you know, it's based on this book, but I don't know if it, you know, I don't know how similar it is but i guess the author who wrote um gary uh brander brander i don't know i'm sorry uh the author of the (laughs) book um i believe did help write the screenplay for a sequel to this movie so that's kind of cool cool yeah that is cool i would it's funny one of my favorite books is a book uh, the sort of about werewolves (laughs) um it's it's I I feel like what do they call it? lycanthropes, lysanthropes, which are you know right, shape-shifting yeah, pe- people into into dogs. Yeah, <laughs> the lichens. Uh, uh, um, it's a really great book. It's called Sharp Teeth. Uh, Toby Barlow is the name of the author. Shout out to Toby Barlow. Um, and he uh, the it's it's written in like an epic as an epic poem. So it goes on. Oh, you know, okay. It's, it's all in in free verse, and mm-hmm. it's like really evocative and. Uh, beautiful and violent and it takes place kind of in like a you know grungy post-apocalyptic-esque Los Angeles and it's like these sort of gangs of people who turn into dogs Um, and it doesn't sound like something that I would necessarily be be into (laughs) but it's really uh, it's really great so I do recommend it and it's easy to read because it's all written in you know verse so not that many words on the page that sounds cool. Like this made me think. Like I take werewolves for granted. You know what I mean? I'm like, <laughs> say what? more about that. What do you mean? <laughs> well, I was like, um, you know, like there's just been so many werewolf type of stories mm-hmm. that you almost be like, it's not. It's almost like zombies a little bit, but not as bad. Where it's like there's just been so much that it's like, oh, you know, I'm kind of, I'm kind of, yeah. I've seen it. I get it. I get it. But then when I watched this movie, I was like, you know, it's 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 pretty basic, like what it had me sort of thinking about, like what the movie is about and everything. But I was like, you know, what? it's actually it conveys the message well. And I feel like also mm-hmm. the thing you're describing sounds interesting, too, where I'm like, oh, yeah, were- werewolves are more <laughs> it's more interesting than you think. Yeah, well, it's funny. I feel like like, yeah, like zombies, 
vampires, werewolves, these like have become reduced to like Halloween costumes, you know? Yeah, for sure. Um, and so there's an element of like, I, I kind of, in one way, like want them to be a little bit uh, revived or rehabilitated in some way, kind of like what The Last of Us did for zombies, you know, mm-hmm. like they they did something more uh, or they, they did something creative with it. Um, yeah. And I think that, you know, werewolves could use a little bit of that in in modern <laughs> culture. Yeah, no, I we're can't here, think of what it, they've it's been time, up to. I think. What are they? <laughs> They've been, they were in Twilight, but like, I don't know. I don't know a lot about that. That was a big vampire scene. Uh, Not scene, but you know, big vampire. When I think Twilight, I don't think werewolf. I think vampire. I know they played a big role though. Like they were like the bad guy or not even the bad guys, but there's the bad boys, the bad boys, Jacob, (laughs) right? Yeah, right, (laughs) right. I forgot about team Jacob and team whatever edward he oh sounds my god very I, in touch right now <laughs> i really just pulled that out of the dregs of my memory team edward and team jacob oh my god anyway yeah i think but that that i think goes right into the same um you know the same like uh tropes of them in many ways about like so much of them like vampires it's like very sexual like there's something like yes. that it's it's trying to do with like animalistic like That's sexuality exactly, and like yeah, what's going you on? know ca- cannibalism in some sort of way uh prey predator sex stuff and and vampires are similar right like even true blood which was another again we're aging ourselves by talking true about blood, these like early yeah. early 2000s things but like they Oh there was van- there was werewolves in that yeah yeah were there there yeah, were werewolves there was, uh, Werewo- yeah you're right guy, i forgot about that, that one handsome hunky guy <laughs> that that one handsome fellow Joe he was Mad- a werewolf nello yeah yeah he was the he was handsome boy <laughs> howdy um but they but again that i mean that movie was like or that movie that show was like very it was just like all about sex for a lot of it you know yeah. and like sex and desire and like i mean it kind of did interesting things with it you know like there's it's a little like they're pulpy in some ways of course but like there's that's what like vampires and werewolves are both doing a lot with that kind of with those themes and with those fears that we have you know about ourselves yeah definitely the there was the sort of like animalistic nature that was definitely a big theme in this movie and i thought um I don't know if you you want to talk about like what the movie is about because I feel like they start off like actually the fact that it's like you know it's about werewolves but they kind of you kind of don't really see werewolves until mm-hmm. you know a little bit deeper into the movie but I yeah but I think be, like that helps that's really like what made kind of the even though it's it's doing a thematic thing I I felt like I had seen before it made it really stick out. Um, because I felt like it focused, especially with like the opening on like the human side of it, you know, the like the very human element of it. Like there is like a mm-hmm. werewolf attack in the beginning, but they kind of obscure it in a way. And you just really think about it, I think, in the context of what they're presenting, which is like a, a sex crime. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. So yeah. I thought that that really worked. And it's re- and then for a while, like it becomes about you know someone like struggling 
one person struggling. Actually, there's a lot of characters in the movie, but, you know, it's like someone struggling with that while another person is struggling with, like, their animal nature coming out, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Should we say what happens in the movie or? Yeah, let's do it. What, I what, mean, what I, I feel like that's that's going to be a, a, a little difficult to pin down in some ways. Basically, there's the main the main character is a news anchor um, named Karen. And she mm-hmm. uh, is basically going undercover to try to um, like lure out this um, uh, like serial killer. And she ends up like having this sort of traumatic experience where she is like the bait for this, you know, um, for, for, for the sting, you know? So she is sort of like attacked by him and she's like, I can't really see him, you know, it was obscured. It was creepy and whatever. It was like a traumatic um, experience. So she has like yeah, yeah. amnesia over it. Totally. Just crazy. Yeah. 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 And so then she goes to, um, a, a psychologist and he, is like you guys should go you and your husband who oh who was a little shady from the beginning not shady but I didn't trust him everybody kept making jokes about how he, like they they all tried to belittle him because he was married to a strong lady yeah <laughs> so he seemed he seemed to kind of resent her for that and I'm like that seems like the opposite like, of what you should want from your yeah <laughs> partner I, I thought his character was interesting because he did seem like it, it um he seemed like yeah insecure about that and it seemed totally. like he was like looking for a reason to to wolf out you know <laughs> he was looking for a reason reason to be wolfing um. <laughs> But it's true though. I, I I thought he he was like a great. I mean, I his he was not a good character. I didn't like him, and from the very beginning, I was like, "Fuck this guy." But he, he his character made so guy much sense in Prince of Darkness a little bit. Maybe just oh my god, mustache guy. <laughs> he was mustache guy for Prince of Darkness, absolutely. But his character, I feel like had had really like a great a really satisfying arc in this movie. Yeah, I, also I liked it. Fun fact. Um, so that the actress who plays Karen is D uh-huh. Wallace who is known for being an ET um she was right. uh, I forgot her name but you know she's one of the main cast in that uh she's in a bunch of other um horror movies and stuff like that but the her and Christopher Stone who plays her husband were uh-huh. married at the time that what? they made this and they also star together and are and their characters are married I believe in the movie Cujo. <laughs> what? Yeah. So, and I think... I feel like I actually they were about to get divorced because they were they seemed to not like each other at all in this movie. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think they are... I don't know, actually. I don't know if they're still together, but I do know they were in, like, multiple uh, movies um, together. Oh, uh, Christopher Stone actually... Uh, passed away in 1995. So. Oh damn. Yeah. Oh. Oh, R.I.P. Man. He. I mean, he was great, and especially. I mean, if they were married during this and continued to stay married, I mean, then he was acting f- beautifully because their chemistry was fucking weird, and I would never have thought that they were married <laughs> in real life. Um, but in a good way, like that they, they they seemed very troubled. I kept I kept bringing up as a joke. Um, even though like the movies, there's not actually like that much, um, of a difference 
or there's not that much of a similarity between these movies. I kept saying, oh, they're just in, they're in a, a werewolf midsummer situation. Um, <laughs> but I really just felt yeah. like that because like in that movie, like they also present like a couple who I feel like there is just like a, like a boundary between them. And, and like, I felt like maybe I'm humanizing this guy all, more, but I, I felt like, like you can see like there, there is like a part of them that obviously wants to be there and like supportive, but then there's like a big part of them that really like, this is not, they don't want to be involved in this relationship at all, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they're also sent off to like this weird, yes, like they, they call it the colony, the colony. In, in this film. Um, that's actually, you know, I think that that's like a really apt, um, parallel to draw like Thank that you. the sort of tro- troubled couple gets sent away to this like really weird like community that's like kind of like on the like land and ritualistic weird shit um and they're both kind of like they are like even though like they are kind of pushed in the direction you know what i mean like the guy is kind of manipulated in a way not i'm not like trying yeah. to say like he's all good or whatever but you know no no he was totally manipulated yeah and um and then obviously like she's kind of recovering from from a very like traumatic experience you know so i can i did yeah thank you for uh validating me (laughs) no it's a really good that's a really good parallel um so they get there um and but okay so this is when it starts to get because there's a lot of um there's a lot of characters yeah maybe we'll break down all the characters or something yeah yeah we'll kind of go as 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 we go but what i what i was going to say about this because there were all of these characters that were like um that kept coming up and being bigger and bigger roles um it reminded me in some ways of one of my favorite, all-time favorite horror movies, which is The Omen, the 1976 or whatever one, Omen. Um, and what, one of the things I love about that movie is that um, it's this, like, crazy ensemble cast where, like, the characters you meet and you get kind of attached to, and then they either, like, freak out or die or something like, something bad happens to them. Mm-hmm. And it's so, uh, it's so fun to, like, watch these actors like give it their all and have these crazy performances for only a a little bit of the movie um and so i love that's one of my favorite things about about the omen it's just one of my favorites but um this movie reminded me of it a little bit because there were a lot of actors that were um like there were the um well for one there was the the therapist the main the main therapist who kind of sent sends them away yeah the doctor uh, Doc, she calls him Doc. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, um, and then there's also the the serial killer who she who she goes after at the beginning. Um, there's these other two. I don't know if they're in, are they um, it's like detectives another... or something. The two detectives that are like uh, it's like the man and the woman you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. I thought they were like. Um... They also worked for, yeah, I thought they also worked for the same um, news thing. Yeah. Right. Okay. Because they they know, they know Karen. So it seems like they would be related. Yeah. Yeah. They were like also, they were like investigating this though. I could see how you'd think like detectives too. Yeah. I know. I was like, what? Anyway, but they, um, so there's, then there's those guys and they're kind of trying to figure out what's going on with the, with the with the serial killer and then she gets sent away and like they're trying to kind of piece this whole thing together 
Um, and and then there's the there's the the woman who they call a nymphomaniac. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then there's the old guy who's played by um, John Carradine. Right? Yes. 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 I thought that was him. <laughs> Well, yeah, so, and that's, so, you you talked about there's, like, the, there's kind of, like, the more main, like, people, like, there's, there's the couple, and then the people reporting, those, those are kind of, like, the parallel, like, major storylines, right, and you're talking about what's cool is, like, seeing all the different things that happen to them, but then, yeah, like, then, the net, like, then there's the cast of, uh, like the John Carradine-esque character actors that fill out the movie. That I believe, mm-hmm. like these were people I think that also Joe Dante specifically like cast in the movie, um, mm. which is like that's totally you you know like I go for that type of of guy. Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> um, and that that really it, it reminded me of I think I've said this about a lot of the movies, but it reminded me of like No Escape or whatever, where it's like. Mm-hmm. you know you've got your main cast and then you've got all these like very like distinct like guys <laughs> filling out the lower roster that really stand out you know with yeah. little screen yeah. time absolutely 100 percent. that's what makes it work um, as an ensemble movie i think even though it still felt like you know there is like a main character but that it was an ensemble movie mm-hmm. i think it walks right. that line yeah. really well yeah, it does a really good job. I mean, and there were like some parts that I, uh, like I said, I was like, are they detectives or were they part of the news crew or what were, it didn't, that, it's not that they didn't matter in the movie. It's just that like, I recognized who the characters were and I was like, okay, I know her relationship. I know what she's doing here. So fine, <laughs> whatever, you know. They do just throw like a lot of characters at you like right in the beginning. Mm-hmm. So that can, yeah, that can be a little confusing, you know, and like. They, it, uh, I think it's cool, like, the way they kind of just start, like, like, boom, they're doing the sting, you know? So, like, you have yeah. you have to, like, kind of pick up, like, what's going on right away. Like, there's the, the news host, there's the, the manager of the station, there's the other reporters, and there, there are, like, po- there's policemen involved, and it's like, you know, you don't know exactly how important some of the characters are going to be. So it takes, I feel like... Um, it's exciting, but it does take a minute to like it all settle in. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it really heats up when they go to the colony, and you're like, "Wait a minute!" And they meet that's more people the movie, there. <laughs> that's when the the movie really kicked off for me because they go to the colony, or yeah, the colony, and um, it's kind of like on the shore someplace. I believe in California. The whole movie's in California, I think. Mm-hmm. And um, that's when you start like really. Everybody seems weird, but. It's very unclear. Like, I still, at this point, knew there was going to be a werewolf somewhere. <laughs> like, somebody's. Yeah. That, there's a werewolf involved. And I wasn't sure, like, are they all werewolves? Is a werewolf going to come here and turn them into werewolves? Do they, like, revere a werewolf as, like, a god? Uh-huh. You know, there, there, was, there was really no way of knowing, what, <laughs> like, who these freaks were out in the woods. Um, and I just loved that. Like, I, I knew there was something coming. <laughs> I really wasn't sure what, but that's when the movie like really heated up for me because I was like, "All right, let's see what happens." I I don't know where when this werewolf's gonna start wolfing. <laughs> well, there was I do like I felt like okay the beginning that was a werewolf thing for sure. Um, sure. But then everything that happened from there, 
it did actually beg a lot of questions. I was like kind of I was sort of um like uh oh felt like a little detective myself the whole movie because I was like <laughs> um so it's like there's a werewolf tech in the beginning, but they don't know that. But then the doctor sends her to a place where everyone's acting weird. So I'm like, wait, <laughs> like, did the doctor send her to a werewolf colony? Yes. Well, I was and, like, maybe the doctor is the guy. Like, I and don't then know. It turns I out, like, yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> I was <laughs> maybe he's the guy. And it's like, yeah, oh. I was like, he's the werewolf. But uh, that was not the case. He was not the werewolf. But he was he was involved. Yeah, he was. He was involved. He was a, a werewolf, I believe. Or he was. A, I don't know if he was. I'm not convinced that he but was he a was, werewolf. He's involved. So then I'm like, well, then there's like a grand conspiracy going on. Uh huh. <laughs> so yeah, it kind of it kind of like goes uh crazy there by the end. I think I think that what ha- so, okay, I'm gonna jump ahead. I'm gonna say that I think <laughs> I think that what ha- happened was he <laughs> was he was a guy. He was trying to like tame the werewolves. He was like somehow mm. trying to like put them into a colony of people and like get them to like get them to behave, get them to like change their ways because then they go and they talk about like, you can't tame what's supposed to be wild and mm-hmm. shit like that. And they kind of rebel against him and you never see him turn into a werewolf. So I don't know if he is one or not, but that's kind of what I think. <laughs> that's kind of what but, I think his role in this was, but I could have missed something, but he's also, something. okay. And this is where I was like, well, then this must be a, some kind of grand conspiracy because then he also is just coincidentally her therapist you know what i mean right right <laughs> right that yeah that's true see well i was like that's gonna come around at some point and be like maybe they i don't know some something there was some he, he got assigned to her well i think i think point. he maybe orchestrated this whole thing yeah yeah right right but it was sort of unclear but I, well I, no it, to me i didn't I didn't mind. Because it is like he's, yeah, like I could totally see like he is like target, like he probably is targeting these people in a way, you know? Right. Right. Because he's trying to be a uh, responsible, like he's responsible for the werewolf community. Um, or is it? I don't know. Or is it, you know, they got this guy, uh, Eddie or whatever, and he's going nuts. And is he going after hit like the guy running the islands you know like clients essentially you know <laughs> trying to make trouble for him i don't know oh wow i wonder if any of this is resolved in the sequels if this comes out uh, at all. so <laughs> there are actually there's seven sequels to the movie jesus christ <laughs> um only That's the first way too many only the first one has anything to do uh with this movie the sequel this first one is like a follow-up but then yeah that's it is this like a is this like a situation where what were those what were the movies um that we watched uh with michelle yo where it was like um well obviously um uh yes yes, madam madam, but there's all those cops those all the cops movies that ended up not actually being related but it was like oh yeah cop two police story or like (laughs) police story yes stuff like that (laughs) so it sounds kind of like that like that a situation like that yeah they're just like okay yeah the put slap that name on there and people will go for it yeah not as bad as troll two but you know troll 
Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> Another, I, you know, trolls also I think need a bit of a of a makeover in modern society. But anyway, yes. Yeah, <laughs> anyway, <back>. um, <laughs> so um, but there is there is sort of it does turn out to be kind. I think kind of a conspiracy. In fact, the movie, um, it reminded me a little bit of uh, both Invasion of the Body Snatchers and They Live. Uh, especially they live because and i think it kind of it it ultimately doesn't i guess matter like the logistics of all this but it because it ends up being revealed like like they're both of the movies have this thing at the end where they reveal that there is like sort of this secret underground you know whatever group doing this stuff uh, but both both mm-hmm. have sort of like a satirical edge. It, you don't really actually see, I guess, how people fully react to it and they live, but it's like comedic. And in, in this mm-hmm. one, it's also comedic in that people are like, like, they just don't believe it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. So uh, or like they, you know, they don't take it seriously. And it's sort of to me then has like this extra added thing on the end where it's like almost this like uh, statement of like people can't like even process like you know this real life uh thing that's being like you know you always feel like if only more people knew about like x bad thing in the world like they they care but it's like yeah not exactly it, it almost actually yeah. reminds me of um the movie more recent movie sorry to bother you i don't know if you saw mm-hmm. that but where they re- yeah yeah they reveal like what this Amazon like corporation is doing to people and it like it just kind of gets absorbed into society you know yeah it's exact it's exactly like that and it's in many ways like so one of the other things that I liked about this movie is that it's the the beginning and then a little bit throughout but mostly kind of the beginning and the end um they stylistically like had lots of like you know screens going from like uh like commercials to you know, kind of like a fuzzy screen and like that because it's all in a newsroom. And Mm -hmm. so stylistically, they had lots of like these sort of jarring like shots of of, like TV stuff. Um, And it reminded me a lot. I I just I thought it was so perfect, like of the time, like the early 80s and like, you know, the newsroom and all this stuff. And like they just like really leaned into that stylistically. But um, what I another thing that I liked about this is it it's so clearly to me the message that like actually no one really cares about this or no one will believe you is it's even more prevalent now because like we're so saturated with information all the time on the internet Mm -hmm. so i was just like man even then they were like man these special effects are crazy or whatever um but and now you know we we, you can't believe anything that you see right like people are like i have no idea if that's real or not Mm -hmm. um so i just i i loved if it felt very um it it felt very prescient, you know, even though the internet didn't exist yet, but it felt pretty pretty on par with what we deal with all the time now. That that um idea too of like like the screens and sort of like um I guess like uh the way like information I guess this the this age of like how information is like shared and like communicated to each other also I sort of connected with that with some of Joe Dante's other movies, which all have kind of this like satirical edge to it in, in, in different ways. But in, in his movie explorers, 
which which is like uh these it's like a river phoenix and ethan hawk are these little kids who they end up going to space and they meet uh uh, this weird alien, a couple weird aliens. One and one's played by Robert Picardo, uh, mm. who's in this and is the Bog Witch. But this <laughs> this alien communicates to them, like, like basically via regurgitating like stuff from our pop culture, like TV things, like commercials and reruns, like just directly quoting Whoa. them. Yeah. What's the name of this movie? Uh, Explorers. Explorers. Okay. Um. Uh, it. Th- um. River Phoenix's dad is also played by James Cromwell, <laughs> Whoa. who I think you'd appreciate from your babe excursion. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, uh, and then also it like Gremlins 2 is also like kind of a, like a, that's more of a specific mockery of like, you know, the modern pop culture and stuff like that. But I, f- I feel like there is a little bit of that in this movie, like. Yeah, uh, sort of this age of uh, it's more about, I guess they talk about like people and the news and stuff in this more. But there's yeah, that little touch of it in here. Right. It's like satire, a little bit of like irreverence and just a little bit of, I don't know, fatalism or something um, that is like it feels uh, I liked that it was just sort of like peppered in. And not like uh, it wasn't like a huge theme of the movie. Um, yeah, it kind of really only came up at the end. Um, there, uh, but I, I liked it. I like. I thought. It, I thought it like was executed really well. There are little bits like uh, like occasionally there is like a a random like like thing in it that is it's like a joke <laughs> that that comes almost out of nowhere, but it's never. Mm-hmm. It's weird because I feel like it's never like at the expense. Like, it, it doesn't, at the end, make me feel like, oh, none of this, like, mattered, necessarily. Like, it, mm-hmm. I think it takes, it takes, like, the, like, very, like, real, like, werewolf, animal nature, like, stuff that it's talking about, like, very, like, seriously, I feel like, for most of the movie. Like, I feel like it really conveyed mm-hmm. those well. And then it throws in these little jokes, and then at the end, it kind of adds this more you know it, it it just doesn't end in like i guess the the traditional like hollywood way you know mm-hmm. like it ends in a more yeah. like you know like satirical sort of way but i feel like it does take mm-hmm. the material like seriously the whole movie yeah yeah it does and i appreciate that because i feel like the movie was like pretty uh dark like a lot of it you know so it's like these like sex crimes and a murderer and like you know Mm -hmm. like all this infidelity and this like troubled marriage and ptsd and like all this stuff and so i i you know i feel like it like really didn't it didn't bring levity to those things but it brought like some like elements of like absurdity and a little bit of um i don't know like there was like this smiley face sticker that was like prevalent throughout the movie Mm -hmm. kind of in places where the where like people in the colony had been or where the murderer had been or whatever, uh, where wolves be wolfing and the wolves are wolfing. Um, and it, it like, it added just like a little, uh, uh, I don't know. There, there's like little, just little tiny bits that you, you, and, and like little bits of comedy throughout, like, um, like there's a scene later on when like 
one of the news anchor detectives is like trying to find a folder like with information to try to like break break the case Mm -hmm. and then she like is in the office and she like pulls the folder out of the file cabinet and then like the werewolf just reaches over just grabs it yes (laughs) out of her little hands (laughs) right before he like viciously murders her in this like really like gory kind of scene um but it's (laughs) just like little things like that that like it's not making light of like the themes and the you know the things that are actually like serious but it does like add enough that it feels watchable. <laughs> I wish I could remember. There was one joke that really got me um, like a line, a one line or, you know, just like a tag <laughs> on something. But there was one part just in general that was very funny to me that, that got to me. And in fact, actually, so there's a lot of um, there's a lot of uh, like cameos and stuff going on, too. Like, beyond, like there's a lot of um we'll talk about the character actors more specifically, but that's, that's a little bit of like, Hey, I'm like, I think there's some actual choices that went on there with who they cast Mm -hmm. for one, but then below that there are cameos in the movie that are fun. And I think, and one of them is tied to one of the funniest parts for me. Um, So uh, that one would be the cameo of John sales, who uh, was the, the writer of the movie he was the guy at the morgue that they're talking to when he's like they've got like the body on the thing and like the brains there and uh right next to the brain he's just got like a a burger with like a bite taken out of it (laughs) just sitting like right (laughs) next to it was it the brain i I can't remember (laughs) um nasty he was he the one who also was like he didn't just get up and walk away. Yes, that <laughs> that was one of the lines that got me. Yeah, yeah, they are like, well, this is when the the murderer who was who was killed in the like sleazy porn store, yes, um, the porn theater, he he like was killed in this sting, and then he escaped. He escaped because you can't kill werewolves without a silver bullet. Foreshadowing. 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 Yes. Well, that. Um, yes. The, um. Well, that that reminds me. This is not a cameo, but just a, um, the the silver bullet thing. There's also just a little running side character uh, in this store of uh, played by Dick Miller, the legendary Dick Miller, uh, who they get the silver. What's, Di- what's what's Dick Miller in? He is in. Well, he's in a number of Joe Dante movies, including Gremlins, Gremlins Two. Explorers, as I as I mentioned, he actually has a great uh-huh. role in Explorers. Oh my god, um, he's in Piranha, um, but you pre- you might know he's in um, he's in Terminator. He I believe he isn't. He's like a uh, a uh, security guard in Terminator. He's like mm-hmm. he he's like a guy who just usually shows up for like a scene, basically. But yeah, he's in. A handful of oh, he's also in Little Shop of Horrors. Yes, uh, so, oh, Small Soldiers is another Joe Dante movie he's in. Uh, he's in a ton of stuff though, both film and television. Um, he has a great little scene in an episode of Star Trek: The Next Generation. He plays like mm-hmm. a guy. They go back into a. Uh, noir detective story and he's like a guy selling newspapers and uh yeah 
uh, he's also um, in what like um, like one of the top tier well-known episodes of Deep Space Nine. He plays a different character, um, but he always portrays such a uh, what do you call it? He's like an average Joe in every man, you know? Hell yeah. He's he's awesome. He stands out in every movie, but he's very he's also very comedic. Um he's like he's the dad in Gremlins as well. Um but mm-hmm. uh so he like he's just like he's not really like um you know part of the story necessarily, but he's like um he's there, he's like he's got all like the curiosities and things with that. And that's I guess that's another way too, like the movie deals with werewolves and stuff is like they're like everyone's aware of them. You know what I mean? There's mm-hmm. there is sort of like it it is sort of riffing on it's doing the sort of like scream esque thing of sort of riffing on werewolf stuff. But again, I still think it also takes them seriously, which I think you could say Scream does that as well. You know, it's not right. it's not just like, haha, this stuff is stupid, you know what I mean? It like it takes the subject matter seriously still. Mm-hmm. It's like a fine yeah. line to walk, I think. <laughs> yeah, they do it really well. They do. It. What was so? What was Dick Miller in this one? He was the guy uh, at the store who gets the he gets the silver bullets from. That's from the him. guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah the the bookshop owner or the yes. like um the, the weird, whatever uh the the like he's talking about the witch the witch store. <laughs> he's like complaining about trying to run his business or whatever. It's like funny that he's the type yeah. of guy who runs that store. You know what I mean? I know it. It, it is like so funny because he seems. <laughs> I I I loved everything in that store because that store was the reason they were in there is because they were. This, the, these two reporters, reporter detectives, get kind of obsessed. They're a couple, and they get kind of obsessed with, like, this werewolf thing. You know, they're, mm-hmm. like, watching movies about wolves and, you know, doing all this research about, like, werewolves and, uh, that you know, that kind of stuff. And so they go into this shop, and there's, like, lots of little jokes, like, with the nuns. Lots the nuns of jo- come in there. Yes. And he's, he's like, who knows who comes All We get all kinds, he says. <laughs> um. But I, yeah, there's one other uh, cameo, I guess, I, uh, that I wanted to mention. Um, it had, it, I don't think it's a, a notable character at, at all in the movie, I, I believe. But um, Roger Corman, who I think we've brought up before, uh, who helped Dante, Joe Dante get a start in a lot of movies. He's he's a, a very uh, well-revered um like genre director but then he kind of Hmm. launched other people's careers um he produced like um he produced piranha for joe dante so he got he got this movie based off of the um reception to that and um i'm trying to think of some other people whose career oh well so the sequel to piranha was actually directed by someone who did art for Roger Corman movies by the name of James Cameron. So he Oh Piranha, shit. Piranha and Piranha 2 launched both of those directors careers, but Holy shit. Yeah, you can look at look him up. He's got he's got like a whole there's like a whole like roster of people who are kind of considered of coming from under him. Uh No kidding. This is see one of the things I like about <laughs> Talking to you about these movies, you know so much. You know so much stuff about this constellation of like American <laughs> film, but 
Oh, um, this is this is cool. This is cool. <laughs> I, and I feel like, yeah, you know, it's some at some point it's like, OK, we're just listing a lot of people. But I feel like it's tied. It's like tied into the movie in itself. You know, like it's it sort of is connected to like the culture at large. They even have mm-hmm. another cameo is they have um, uh, a guy in the uh, bookstore who was like a well-known horror personality at the time like he was a writer and and stuff like that and in Mm. the scene he's in he is holding an issue of his magazine that he published oh my god yeah (laughs) i love that (laughs) so all that's to say there's so much to be so much to be gleaned if you know where to look you know yes so i yeah i'm sorry to just kind of make all these like they were in this they were in this i feel like there's an episode of uh i love it there's an episode of King of the Hill where Bobby is on some like I don't even know like team at school that they answer like almost trivia questions and there's like a scene where he's like having a breakdown and he's just doing like an endless like 7 degrees of Kevin Bacon but just like actors into <laughs> you know and they were in this with this and I feel like that sometimes but um <laughs> I love it. I, do, I love I, it. <laughs> I just find this era and like, you know, this, like these connections between all these things, like how they all lead to like almost now forming what's like the basis of our, like our pop culture, <laughs> you know what I mean? That we yeah. exist in now. So no, it's true. And I mean, it's it, on, on one level, like you under, it, you appreciate it so much more if you're like seeing kind of the the threads, the human fingerprints, <laughs> and you're seeing like, oh, okay, like, what, how, how did this person end up in this? And you, you just, it's so much, you can appreciate so much more about not just like how these movies were made, but like to see the through lines of like how they're all, how they're connected, you know, not just that they're connected, but it's, it's cool. I feel like I, I really end up getting a lot more from these when I know, <laughs> when I know things like that. And you see like, you know, some of these people in, in, these movies like dick miller or whoever like they make such an impression like clearly for the person who made it that it's like they bring them back and and stuff even to fill out more minor roles like i don't know i always Mm -hmm. find that so uh interesting you know yeah yeah um um uh, sorry who was the one you were to who was wait 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 who was the one we robert roger corman yeah Roger Corman. Yes. Roger Corman. So he, um, yeah, I feel like, you know, like all these people whose career he's launched have gone on to, uh, you know, even bigger stardom. Like he's, uh, to me, he, I guess my perception is he's always been more in the realm. He's like a B movie legend, you know. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. He's, he's pretty awesome. <laughs> Hell yeah. Made a little shop Hell of horrors. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then some of the, there's a few more of those character actors. You mentioned John Carradine, uh, who's mm-hmm. has, I, I looked 351 film credits, film and TV credits. Holy shit. Really? Yeah. He's, uh, you know, a bunch of, um, uh, Westerns and, you know, some genre stuff. Uh, he played, but he did play, in at least I think four Universal movies in the forties, he played Dracula. 
So that was one of those ones where I'm like, okay, that this <laughs> seems like a choice, you know. Yes, yes. You had um you had Slim Pickens uh <laughs> who played uh I re- mostly remember him from he's the the bomb dude, Doctor Strangelove and he's in Blazing Saddles. Um yeah, I was going to say I remember him from Blazing Saddles. But the really choice casting thing that that got to me or that was like oh this like this connects is um the head of the tv station was played by uh kevin mccarthy who also runs actually he also runs a tv station in the weird al movie uhf he's the bad guy in that movie but (laughs) that's later but i i I, you know i love um and and (laughs) this is the second episode in a row that we've had a someone who was in that movie uh, in the movie, I know. Time. I was just gonna say, <laughs> but um, he is the star of the original uh, invasion of the body snatchers, which um, oh hell yeah, I, I have more of a connection to the remake or whatever. But um, which this I felt like this movie had similar vibes to. Like I said, like that one even ends with like it has a very famous like shocking twist ending, you know. So like. I don't know. It felt like a choice to me too to ha- like have him in here, but also he yeah. coincidentally plays a uh, shitty asshole TV <laughs> executive really well <laughs> at the same time. So yeah, yeah. Oh, it was. Just, it felt. It really. Did, I'm glad to hear you talk about all these. Also, because it just felt like it was. It felt star studded, even though I didn't necessarily I was like oh I've seen this person before I've been like a lot of them looked familiar to me but they were not people who I like really even recognized by name you know or could call out by name so I like hearing that these people like are (laughs) that like they're they're not all just like sort of random people we gotta give Um, them they all felt yeah well they all felt like they it felt like everybody in this movie was giving it you know 110% but they felt like professionals Mm -hmm. you know what I mean not just that they were giving it their all but that they felt like they were doing their job yeah yeah oh like it felt like kind of a like a professional movie in that way like there was something that didn't feel it felt not like shiny in a way but it felt like yeah you know but the special effects were great oh my god like all the acting was like so spot on it really just felt like it felt just fucking professional (laughs) which you know for example i don't think you could say that about legend legend felt like a little crazy (laughs) yeah you could feel the strange the the manic energy there yeah you could definitely like both of these movies had some level of like tumultuous not necessarily production but you know this like had like they changed writers or whatever you know and it has that feeling of like like i actually felt like you know this was like they added something extra on top, you know, to an already existing movie, mm-hmm. like a satirical layer to an already existing movie, you know. Um, right, right. But yeah, it didn't feel like yeah. Legend felt more like oh, this is a wild ride they were on, you uh-huh, know, uh-huh. a little unhinged. Whereas I, this movie, I mean, it felt the, the movie was was like crazy, like what happened in it and whatever. But it was there was just an element of like consummate professionals were were uh, yeah. behind the wheel here because well, yeah, like even. Yeah, down to and this this I think this is how it it this is how it should be. But like, yeah, even down to like the supporting cast of people were like in their own era, like movie stars. You know what I mean? Yep. And now, yeah. Yep. So that's always great. Everyone here 
was a freaking star. And I had that similar feeling to you of like seeing people and being like, oh, like I recognize them even though I have no idea who they are. And I maybe mm-hmm. have never actually even seen them in something before. Yeah. Um, that yeah. Particularly yeah. with the the doctor. Like I, I had to go yes. look him up and I was like, oh, oh, he's like another famous legendary actor slash character actor. But I don't I was like looking and I'm like, I don't think I've seen anything he's in. But I, <laughs> he just, you know, I was like, this is this guy knows his craft. You know what I mean? Yeah. This guy knows what he's doing. Like, it really felt like all everybody here was a <laughs> was this was not their first not their first rodeo. Um, and even, I mean, I, I've even like the younger, uh, actors too, I mean, younger, whatever, they're probably in their twenties or something, mm-hmm. but they like, perhaps it was just like being around not, like a ton of like older character actors that, or, or movie stars, you know, but like, yeah, there was just an, an element of it being pretty grounded that I appreciated while watching this movie that was like about fucking werewolves. <laughs> I think it walks the line well, yeah, where like the main cast feels a bit more, they do feel a bit more down to earth, I guess. And then they mm-hmm. have like these wild characters like surrounding them. Cause like, yeah, like, um, yeah, sort of the main cast are people like I, uh, know as well, you know, I guess other than, mm-hmm. uh, you know, she was in like ET and all those movies, but, um, you know, like, uh, even, um, one of the, one of the people who was, the the reporter the who terry um i saw oh like she's been also in a ton of joe dante movies but like i at first didn't like she wasn't as i guess memorable to me or or the guy she was with uh den right dennis is the actor's name i don't know but uh yeah like they at first were not i guess because they weren't like as these like over the top there are some like more crazy characters in the movie you know mm-hmm. they kind of mm-hmm. grounded it she she <laughs> looked very very familiar to me even though i again looked her up and was like i guess i don't know her yeah. <laughs> but she just seemed like somebody i knew or maybe she just looks like somebody i knew but i don't know she had a very familiar uh aura about her but again i mean that's like part of what makes the movie like so uh, I don't, fun to watch right it feels <laughs> It just feels re- not relatable, but there's there's an element of familiarity to these to oh, these characters. Yeah, I'm even I'm even looking too because I was like, I was like, yeah, she's been in these other movies that even Joe Dante did, like after and 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 Piranha before. But I think as it goes on, like like her her credits are like voice, neighbor, movie theater mom. So like she has smaller roles. So <laughs> yeah, 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 uh, yeah, yeah. But I, you know, that's I cool. definitely have seen her. I definitely had seen her in a couple of things. The but, fella, though, um, the guy that she's with, like doing the uh-huh. investigation, he uh, has been he's been in a handful of movies, but he also has directed a handful of movies, a bunch of uh, comedy films. Um, I'm going to this is really this is going to start off. You're going to be like, oh, interesting. And then as it goes on, it's like, wait a minute. That's crazy. So he he direct he's directed <laughs> like um <laughs> I saw Beverly Hills Ninja, which I recently watched, um, and Sa- Saving <laughs> Silverman, like comedy. He's done a bunch of comedies, but okay, he has directed many movies for the Happy Madison production company, including Happy Gilmore, 
Big Daddy. What? The Benchwarmers. What? I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry. You don't mess with the Zohan. Grown ups, just go with it. Jack and Jill, and grown ups too. Oh my! This freaking weird nerdy guy in the movie made grown ups. (laughs) And and made Big Daddy. Big Daddy. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my God! What? It's so weird. Yeah. Wow. It's so. See, this is what I'm saying. Like, this is like. This is why it's use. It's not useful. I suppose it's not useful information, but no, this but it's is so, useful. It just <laughs> it be, it's just so. I, I feel like I appreciate I appreciate him even more. And I, by the way, I did love him in this movie. I thought yeah, he was yeah. fucking great. No, he was good. Yeah, you know, I thought that he was he was going to end up to be just like a B list actor, but no, it turns out that he directed like a billion Adam Sandler movies. <laughs> yeah, so he he's he's found <laughs> his way, you know. I mean, he was the he was the hero of the movie. Yeah, really. that's what I kind of liked. Actually, was that like the two the two stories converged and like they did a good job of bringing them together. You know. Yeah, he ended up being like the last man standing, like literally. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he he kind of like helped deliver the message of like there are werewolves here and we can't let them. You know, we can't let them. You know, all destroy humanity. You know, so he's mm-hmm. he was a hero in the movie. One, so yeah, we we should talk about a, the big moments. I want to talk about the big moments, um, sort of uh-huh. chronologically. I think the first, because I was gonna, no, I'll tell you this in a minute. The first big crazy <laughs> thing is obviously uh, the <laughs> sex scene. Yes, which I thought was awesome, like the way it, w- it mm-hmm. was portrayed and like the transformation. And every everything I actually saw, and even um, uh, Joe Dante himself talk about the very end of it, like it has all these cool effects and stuff. But then at the very end, like the final shot of it, there's like a like an animation mm-hmm. uh, of the of the werewolf. It's like clearly an animation, yeah. which none of the rest of the movie sticks out. And I guess it was something they wanted to be like a practical effect, and then they had restraints and they couldn't. But everything I saw mm. was like. Yeah, it has this noticeable animation and all this stuff, but I didn't think about that when I saw the movie. I thought it like looked awesome. Uh, yeah, I thought it looked sick. I remember that. Well, I remember the animation, but I was just like, I, I don't know. I thought it looked cool. It didn't look... <laughs> I mean, it did stand out because I suppose there was nothing else, but there were so many crazy effects in the movie well, anyway that like it didn't even it didn't even stand out. I feel like it it felt to me like you had the first werewolf attack in the beginning, which you don't see anything it's more abstracted then you had this where you start to see things but then it ends with sort of an animation and i feel like it really uh-huh. holds it off and, and also i just want to say we mentioned marcia the nymphomaniac but she was awesome in the movie oh yeah uh, she rocked but then they they hold it off for the full like drawn out transformation that we get later and that makes that one so much more gnarly because it's like yes we've only had yes. hints of it you know and then when it really happens it oh it's so gruesome it's so awesome it's so awesome yes okay because i like i even clocked it right because like again at the very beginning you don't really see it that's on purpose i was like okay well we're gonna see some gnarly shit later but then there's this like crazy sex scene in the woods between like the seduction and they're both turning into werewolves and blah 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 but it's it does a lot of like kind of cut away or mm-hmm. just like you know hands or Some like parts you, you know. know like 
their back or their their chest is getting hairy or whatever. And then you start to see their faces like get werewolfy and teeth. But it's it's a lot of just like like you don't see really anything that's like really exciting crazy special effects and so i just thought that then i was like all right i've seen it i've seen what this movie is going to do and that's not what ends up happening it ends up like the the following transformation scenes are so fucking crazy and they are so that i feel like i want to just rewind and watch them just yes. those parts they're so cool there's the one in particular that really stands out where and i was happy yeah. too the last person I want to mention, I already mentioned him, but Robert Picardo, um, when I realized he was playing Eddie in the beginning, I was like, oh, like, you know, that I, I, I thought he would have like a bigger role. You know, he got he gets shot. Uh-huh. I'm not obviously thinking, oh, he didn't get shot with the silver bullet. But then when they reference right. <laughs> right. when they say, oh, he didn't just get up and walk away. I was like oh yes like he's oh hell yeah he's coming back (laughs) and i was like really hoping to see more of like him the actor you know not just the werewolf and i loved like his scene he got right before he transformed like he like i was so glad like he he got such a like sick scene (laughs) to do he was he was incredible he's like very um i was a very like um grounded performance but he's like very disturbing and you know, I don't know. It, it stood out to me, and it leads into this really gnarly where he like wants to show her, you know, the trans transformation. So like the film, that like the part of the film is like let's stop and watch this, and it's yes, it's so yes. gnarly, and it's like multi stages, you know. Yes, and it's so long. It's like minutes long. They show like his skin like bubbling almost like it's popping like his bones are you know sort of expanding i guess and you get like these really gnarly shots of like it reminded me of alien a little bit like the the Hmm. jawline extending you know and like pulling out i thought of that too um yeah just very very detailed very gruesome you know Mm -hmm. uh transformation it was amazing. Yeah, and there's like there's one part where he's like smiling in a really scary way. Yes. I was like it it just that that was when I was like, "Oh no. This is like this this would be a movie that I mean, I hope kids aren't watching this. Although it was 1981, I'm sure. This <laughs> I'm is sure rated lots PG. I guess there are lots of kids accidentally watch this. Um but it's like, "Oh man, this reminds me of when I was a kid and I watched peewee's big adventure and large marge in the truck and she has her scary face and i have never watched that movie since because it scared the shit out of me and i was like this this would be that fucking scene i'd be it i would be scared of dogs i'd be scared of shit for like years after this because it was so creepy and like their skin is like i and i was like watching being like how did they do this because it's not just like in legend, right? It's this like amazing uh, prosthetics, mm-hmm. and of course these are prosthetics too. But they're like moving; they're like animated. Yeah. Now it's like these, like this is not this prop. This is not stop motion. Like this is actually moving, and it's on his face. Like what the fuck is this? Like what's happening? I mean, it's a. Little, I mean, I guess I had this already in my mind going into watch it, but it you know it really did remind me of his work in the thing where you have these mm-hmm. really gnarly 
body <laughs> transformations, you know? Sure, you can definitely sure. see like how he got the job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's <sighs> true. Well, and he yeah, oh god, it just it was so awesome. And um and they before this had happened there was more you know, PC werewolf scenes where um the one of the two detectives she like chops off his arm. He's trying to grab oh, her. Yeah, she that chops really off his arm. Me. That really got me. And um she she hacks it off and so it's this like werewolfy hand, wolfen hand that's like, you know, been hacked off at the elbow and um it's kind of sputtering around, but then it starts to like in the same like gross way like expands like a balloon and I'm like, is this thing gonna like explode because like why but it didn't explode it just like it got like so nasty and then it deflated and then it was just a a human arm oh it was Mm -hmm. so good it was really really good work with whatever they were doing to those fake arms and faces it was awesome it it really portrays that like the the switch between those two like part like forms is like painful and i i think that I know that like sort of sells the idea too of werewolves a little bit to me more that it it is like this. It's like a real struggle actually between the two forms, like a painful struggle between like uh-huh. someone and their like animal, like their, you know, darker animalistic nature, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. Um, uh, it was, it was awesome. It was such a good, uh, that I was like, how is this? How have I not seen this? Like clips of this? It's I like know. it's iconic. It's iconic. I, so so good. You should watch back like the. Let me know. Watch back the American Werewolf one. It's actually similar in some ways, but I actually felt like this one was definitely. It was more gnarly, and it really sticks with with you more. I think. I think so because cool. the other. I one mean, was I'm going like to be thinking more... about that for a while. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They don't need to be compared, actually. They're both great, but this one really, you know, will scar Really you. hit. And I, I, I would like to say that then in, at the end, so sort of what, what happens at the end is, like, they, they're able to get away, or, well, the the main hero, the, uh, the, the guy, the, uh, the one of the news anchor detectives, <laughs> played by uh, the, the one who then became the uh, director for all of... <laughs> the adam sandler movies anyway he leaves with the the principal character karen and she's and they're able to escape attacked. but she's attacked oh. in fact she's attacked by her husband and she be and so then she's now like a, a werewolf although she doesn't turn into one yet and she's like We're, we have <laughs> to warn people like we have to warn everyone because they they burned a lot of them and killed a few of them with silver bullets but there were definitely a few still left. Yes. So then at the very end, the last couple, the last few scenes where it's like she's she's at the news anchor table, like on live TV. And when, when she said she, we have to warn everyone, by the way, like my mind immediately started racing. And I was like, no, that like because I was when she got attacked, I was like, well, what's, you know, like, I don't know why I'm like, what now? That's what now what happens. And then she's like, we got to warn everyone. I'm like, oh, my God fucking god <laughs> you know <laughs> see i didn't even go there i didn't i just i wasn't i wasn't sure because at this point the movie was incredibly unpredictable so i didn't know i i thought maybe there'd be like a scene where like he had to shoot her something i don't know yeah but 
you it sounds like you had called what what was about to happen which is that she goes on tv like with the other news anchors and then starts like kind of waxing poetic about you know her animal uh, you know our humanity and our animal nature and all this like darkness within us and stuff and then she fucking transforms into a werewolf on live tv and i would like to mention that she is so cute she's so cute when she's a werewolf she's the least fugly one she's so (laughs) cute and i was like this is really cruel because she seems like and what what's what i i mean maybe this is perhaps unintentional or just my own opinion of of what i saw but like she seemed to still like embody a little bit of humanity um yeah yeah even after she had had transformed like in her eyes and just she was she was cute i don't know and um and then our 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 boy chris shoots her with a silver bullet because obviously she you know doesn't want to be a werewolf yeah and she's they gotta go um and she wanted that's what she wanted to happen as well but you know i think that there was like some element of like she retained the well, a little bit of the like humanity within her you know within the transformation and so maybe you know, there's something to what there, the there, doc some... was trying to do here maybe or maybe it's just a uh you know maybe i don't know i i to me I I felt like it was more speaking to like the 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 painful nature mm-hmm. of like the duality of like knowing like being right on the edge like right during the transformation and like all the other people were like relishing it and they were like like let's fucking do this like I want to be a fucking werewolf oh yeah and she didn't mm-hmm. and so there was this like pain within her that was still unresolved like even when she was in her werewolf form yeah um oh but. But I mean, obviously, I'm uh, thinking I'm, you know, no, but, yeah, Im- imbuing this with a lot of meaning. But, you know, well, I mean, that's, um, that's the idea I, liked it. I felt I liked it a lot. like throughout a lot of the movie. So I definitely see that. Yeah. Um, and then at the end, kind of what, what we're talking about was like she did it on television. And then there's like all these little scenes of people watching it in their homes or at bars or whatever. And um, and everyone's like, like these kids are like mom the 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 news anchor turned into a werewolf like not even like really concerned and then other people being like man special effects are crazy these days (laughs) like no one (laughs) like no one believed it or then they just like cut then they cut to a commercial for dog food which i fucking loved Uh like all this (laughs) nasty there's a lot of nasty shit like that that those like the dog food and then the the burger because then at the very end last shot you see you see Marsha the nymphomaniac just chilling at a bar and like someone and like she orders a burger and then the guy's like how do you like it and she says rare, rare. <laughs> and that's the end except the whole, all the whole credits roll while you're just watching this burger cook on a griddle so it's like so yes gnarly the credits. And like kind and like gross oh i loved it i loved it yeah i um that's why it like remind it reminded me of They Live, which came out years yes. a few years after this. But it does it ends with the same big reveal, and it ends on it has like such an exclamation point on the end of like a uh-huh. of a joke almost at the very end. It even has like people watching at the bar similar to this. Right. 
Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I, yeah, it was very funny, very funny ending. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I thought, I mean, that really speaks to the the last, like whatever three minutes of the movie, I think like really speak to like a lot of like the balance that, that the movie strikes in general, which is like, there's something like it, that it takes seriously some of the themes, right. About like death and, you know, violence and humanity and all this stuff. Um, and that's clear in, in her transformation. And then there's also this, it's not levity, but it's like this, a little bit of like irreverence about human nature, <laughs> like in, in the, the final scenes with people not really believing her. Yeah. It, it really, <laughs> and her ordering a rare hamburger. <laughs> it really like, I connected to that idea of like, like feeling like, well, not that I felt like I've done this, but like you witness like these, um, struggles these maybe a noble sacrifice you know a reveal of something greater that's going like you know like something horrific you know that that we witness publicly and it just not phasing mm-hmm. us you know and in the moment yeah like i both felt like for her like and like you were saying too you're seeing like, you see like the struggle in the character but you know like i don't know it put a fine point on both her story but then like the movie mocks it, but like not because the story is stupid, but because of, you know, it's making a greater point, you know? Yeah. About how that's right. How we that's would right. absorb that, I guess, you know, publicly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it's right. <laughs> I think it's, it's probably not wrong. <laughs> well, it was, <sighs> it was great. It was a great movie. Um, yeah, I think it did. It did. We don't really talk about this stuff, but I think it did. All right. Both financially and like critically i think it did it did all right it obviously led to seven mm-hmm. sequels but not only that yeah <laughs> uh it fully launched joe dante's career um hell both yeah piranha and this but this is what led to him uh doing gremlins which is his you know his big mm-hmm. biggest movie so like and then as as we talked about it kind of has so many other i mean rob botten Went, I believe went to legend from this and then they live. So like it, it really did. It, it's kind of crazy. Cause it's like, yeah, it's not one like people talk about as much in terms of classic horror movies. It's slightly more of a cult classic. Cause as I started mm-hmm. to dig in, I'm like, Oh, everyone is talking about this movie. It's just like, not, yeah. you know what I mean? So it is more of a cult classic, uh, especially cause it probably came out the same year as, this other werewolf movie but it obviously led to so many great things and in on its own it's a fantastic movie so um mm-hmm. yeah, yeah go watch it it's a fun one and it's also not super long and it doesn't feel like it it moves along at a clipped pace i mm-hmm. think uh eh. and you know it's good so go go watch it it you have to watch it for the werewolf transformation scenes Yes. in and of themselves you have you have yeah. to go look at those they're so nasty at least <laughs> so awesome. pull that up but you should watch the whole yeah. movie um um oh yeah so i i i picked the movie for the next for the next yes, month i'm excited because i have no idea uh, what it is i know this is a real now now i picked this for two reasons one um because we had talked about doing movies from earlier decades yes um that we haven't done that will be a priority yeah yeah and so um i also i had the flu last week or two weeks ago and um i ended up playing bioshock infinite and all the dlc um 
and a little bit of Bioshock. Because I, I, I was like, I could watch some movies, but I really needed something that would take me even longer than <laughs> than a couple hours. I needed like 10 good hours, maybe more. Um, so anyway, I've been interested in film noir. And I haven't mm. seen a lot of film noir movies because they're from the 40s. And I don't know. I just haven't seen them because... I feel like that you have to be pretty niche to watch those, but it's, since it's we're sad, trying to watch you, some, you shouldn't have to be, but it is sad. Like you see now, sorry, I don't mean to go off topic. No, but no, no. You see like the decades, like of you know, like the streaming services have, like the selection that you have now is like even less and less. I feel like mm-hmm. I I would hear about noir movies like and stuff as a kid like references to them and stuff but like that era is like becoming more and more abstracted i guess you know yes yes i mean i was looking up like you know just sort of like the famous ones and i had heard of a lot of them um like i had heard of uh the maltese falcon that's like a mm-hmm. obvious but it's like a it's a big one and um that's a good the movie. third yeah. man i'd heard i've heard of that one so it's possible that you've seen this one, but I haven't. Um, and it's and I kind of did this on premise, but also just on. Um, I, I looked it up a little bit, and it was one that I hadn't heard of, but it is apparently, uh, it's in the U.S. National Film Registry of culturally, historically, and aesthetically significant films. Mm-hmm. So it seems like we should watch it. Um, it's called Out of the Past. Okay. Um, have you seen no, it? I, do, do you know about this I movie? I don't think I know anything about it. All right, That's, sweet. That makes it more that. exciting. Actually, <laughs> I, I always prefer to watch something you know I haven't seen. Oh, okay. I'm looking at the, the right. cast here, and so I'm it's called out of the past. And it, intrigued. I haven't I haven't really looked at too too much. You know, no spoilers. But is from 1947, um, and it, the UK title was "Build My Gallows High," which I, oh. I do like that title probably better than "Out of the Past." But anyway. Um, yeah, and so that's why I picked it, because I hadn't heard of it, but it, it is, you know, the National Film Preservation Board at the Library of Congress thought it was worthwhile, so let's give it a shot. Okay, I love this. I'm so excited. Sweet. Yeah, I mean, again, it might be hard for us to find a normal streaming. I think it'd be impossible to find a normal streaming, but... This is probably um, one of those movies where it you... Well, it's on Max actually, but um. <laughs> oh, I was gonna say I bet I bet you could just Google like um YouTube it, and it's probably all there, just uh, out on YouTube. <laughs> I think so, and I was also gonna say you could probably there's some movies where you can go to Wikipedia and like just watch it in a thumbnail on Wikipedia. Right. Oh my God. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um. This might so anyway, not be yeah, that old, I, I, uh, old enough, but. Yeah, I know. Well, it's yeah, 1947 is right on the edge. So I would because, again, like you said, I had seen, you know, film noir is something that's like it's been riffed on just, you know, Mm -hmm. infinitely. (laughs) Um, There's so many um, just references to it in in everything. Right. Like Bioshock um, is a good example. I also played a couple years ago. I played. um, Oh, God. uh Manny, what's his name? It does it doesn't matter. It's a it's an old like point and click Monkey Island type adventure game. Oh, okay. You play as a skeleton. It doesn't matter. Oh, uh, Grim Fandango. Oh, Grim Fandango, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's like a whole um, film noir 
you know, silly, like, I mean, there's just endless examples of film art. But that I was Star like, Trek I episode I, I mentioned I've... with Dick Miller is a film Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think that I would like to actually just see some just, just unadulterated classic film noir yes. and see, see what we think. Oh, this is perfect because then, okay. <laughs> Not going to say anything. Sweet. But let's go. All right. Let's do it. Let's go. And I was I was very tempted to pick another like horror movie because I was like I'm just in the horror mood. But no, no, it's 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 gonna there, be November. I was It'll looking, be time for something else. I don't. Well, I don't want to get too much into the next movie, but I saw the director directed the 1948 movie. I walked with a zombie, which is considered like oh, one of the yeah. first like zombie esque you know movies. It's got zombie in the title. Sweet. You know? But like the old, we've the got old, some... the voodoo zombie, you know. So. Oh yeah, we've got some, we've got some horror DNA. I might just watch coming. that for fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so I'm interested to see how how, how this goes because I I feel like I'm like many of us. I'm like, is is it gonna be boring or is it gonna you know no, like well, I feel I like know. they 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 get kind of they get a, they get a reputation for being a little bit like I don't know dull or boring or too many words or something you know I, whatever. I, yeah i i don't like that personally i don't like it I either don't, i don't like it either um so yeah i actually yeah. think some some old movies like from this era like uh for example i walk with a zombie it's it's like friggin an hour long you know yes like, yeah some um, of them are really really short yeah uh out, out of the past i wonder how long like that's it's 97 mi- like the thing about that time is like the the movies actually like are paced like intensely like they're not boring they're mm-hmm. like um yeah this is the biggest like i'm naming one of the most popular movies ever but like casablanca is like a propulsively mm-hmm. paced it's so it's so yeah exciting and awesome and i think Oh, I think great old word. movies great get a bad rap. Like people are just like they see it's black and white or something, and like their brain shuts off. I don't know. I'm defending mm-hmm. the movie we haven't seen yet, but <laughs> yeah, maybe it sucks. Maybe the Library of Congress is wrong. <laughs> I love this. I'm, I'm um, so excited. Sweet. Oh, I'm 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 happy. I'm I'm glad to hear. I'm glad you hear uh, that you haven't seen it because um, that's kind of I was. You know, I didn't want to pick just a like a an obvious one. Cause, no, I've only seen you know. yeah, like I truly too of that time with like the noirs. I've only seen like some of the the bigger ones: Maltese Falcon, The Big Sleep. Um, yeah, The Big Sleep. Um, what Mar- What's the other one called? Marjorie, not Marjorie Taylor. What's her name? Uh, uh I don't Lord, not, uh, no, Mildred Pierce. I saw Mildred oh. Pierce. So yeah, like but, um. Oh, and there's one other. Well, uh, yeah. Anyway. I've seen a handful, and I like enough that I I like get the get the vibe and everything. But yeah, it's mm-hmm. it is sort of, like I I'm similar where like I just because of like how we experience culture more so now. Like I just haven't come across them. But every time I've watched a movie from that era, I've like I've loved it. You know, so like mm. I love having an excuse to like do it. You know, to, it almost make myself do it. You know. Yeah, I feel like actually, you know, I named a few of them that I knew about or had seen parts of. But I, if I'm being honest, like I, I don't think I can say in earnest that I've like watched one as a as an adult. So I'm I'm looking forward to it. Awesome. 
Well, this yeah, this is really exciting. This was a very fun episode. Um, yeah, yeah, it was. I yeah, I'm looking forward to this next episode. Um, thanks, thanks everyone for listening on the new feed. I guess. Um, yes. I, yeah. Thanks for for tuning in. We're on Blue Sky. Oh yeah, we're on Blue um, Sky. Yeah. I'm in control of the blue sky, so Uh-oh. who knows? It might get weird in there, um, but I have the key to the blue sky. So anything you hear on there is me and not goo, <laughs> just so you know. Yeah. I'm, you know, primarily, if you <laughs> want to talk to me on blue sky, I'm at the flashback 64 page. All right. Well, um, it was um, so fun to talk to you and yes. happy spooky season. I hope everyone has a great, a great October and... Um, uh, stay cool. Stay ghoul. <laughs> you had to. <laughs> <laughs>